I'm Tisha Bader and in the news, hateful disturbances at the Kotel, the Western Wall in Jerusalem's old city on June the 30th, where dozens of young ultra-Orthodox religious extremists came to the egalitarian area, disrupting services and a bar mitzvah ceremony being held by the conservative Masorti movements. The bar mitzvah of a young man who had come from the United States to Israel to mark this coming of age. The extremists yelled names at the worshipers like Nazis and animals. They ripped up prayer books, and one of the extremists even wiped his nose with one of the torn pages. Rabbi Ari Hasid, originally from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, now living in Maskeret Batya in Israel, is a Masorti conservative rabbi there. He was officiating the bar mitzvah at the Kotel when the incident took place, and he joins us now from Israel to share his experience and thoughts. Ari, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Tisha. Thank you for having me. So I just want to read something you wrote on Facebook. This was shortly after the incident. You wrote of how the young man being bar mitzvahed Erez did beautifully and continued to read from the Torah with no interruptions, with, with great grace and dignity, despite what was happening around him. But you write, I, on the other hand, am broken. Can you talk about what was going on and what that experience was? Sure. Thank you for asking. Um, I think that one of the things that for me was most challenging is that I actually have been over 10 years of my rabbinate. Um, I've been an ordained rabbi for six years, but have been working as a rabbi for well over 10, in fact, um, that I believe so strongly in Kalal Yisrael. I believe that we as Jews are one people. First of all, I believe in the brotherhood and sisterhood of, of humankind. Um, I believe that all humans are created in the image of God and that we can find common ground with one another and work with that common ground. I believe that the Jewish people in Israel are so divided, but that we don't have to be and that we can move forward. And I, um, I love people, right? I think that that's really the basis that my, my, what drives me is love. And I believe that ultra Orthodox are our siblings and are our family and the secular are our siblings and our family and people who practice Judaism like me, people who practice Judaism in different ways and people who don't practice Judaism, it just doesn't matter. And, and for me, it was the double attack of, first of all, the actual attack. Um, actually, it was a triple attack, really. It was, first of all, it was the attack on, on people who were just trying to live their lives in our own area, right? Just to be clear, we weren't at the Kotel Plaza. We weren't in the men's section or the women's section trying to stake a claim to a different way to do things, even though I think that that's valid, right? I believe that women have the right to pray in the women's section as women of the wall do. I, I believe in them and I support women of the wall. Um, I believe that things could be different, but they're not. We have a tiny place out of the way, hard to find. I'm constantly running up and down the stairs just to help people find it. And people came to our space, which is of course public space and it's their right. And they did so. And I was thinking to myself, maybe it will be okay, but I didn't think it would be, but I was hoping it would. And it wasn't. So first of all, I was upset because people were doing this and that was awful. Secondly, I was upset because they were doing it to a child. And I know a bar mitzvah is a Jewish adult, but he's a kid. He was 13 years old and kids do not deserve to go through this. And there were adults behind the children who were there with us, who sent them there, who brought in buses from other places who live there. There is allegedly a member of Knesset um, whose son was there. Um, and while I can't say 100% for sure, a member of Knesset who lives in the old city of Jerusalem um, 
there was a young boy with that same last name and a striking resemblance to him who was attacking us. Um, and that is really hard because I believe that we have so much in common with the ultra-Orthodox to see this moment of hatred was so painful. Um, so all of those things were there. And of course, right, I, I devote my life to Jewish pluralism. And that was such an attack on pluralism. It was an attack on this idea that we can be together when we have a shared goal and we can be apart when we see things differently. Um, and I believe in that with every bone in my body. And so that was, that broke me briefly, um, briefly. But then I went on because that afternoon I had another bar mitzvah of a kid who was a medical miracle and he was amazing. And I cried there too, just tears of joy at how amazing he was. You know, it's so moving what you're saying, Ari, and it's so upsetting on the other hand that, that these things happen. And you talk about this being an organized effort. This is not a random, these kids happen to be in the area. This was a concerted effort to come specifically to your area. Again, as you said, it is not the main plaza. When we think of the Western Wall, when most people go to Israel, they go to the Kotel. That's not the area you're talking about. It's, it's sort of set aside and a little tricky to even find. And the fact also that these young people we're ripping pages from a Siddur. This is a holy book and it is not any less holy being held by a conservative Jew, a reformed Jew, a secular Jew. So I just wonder how that can somehow be, be reconciled within that belief system, how that could possibly be okay in their minds. Well, well um, the person said it explicitly. Um, and one of the, I don't know if I should call him a young man or a boy, because I'm not out there checking IDs. I don't know how old he is. Um, I myself was a late bloomer. And if I looked uh, at the age that I was when it was there, I was, I was 16. And, and that's, of course, a young man. Uh, this kid could have been 11 or 12 at the same time. Uh, he quoted a passage from the Gemara, a passage that I'm quite familiar with, which states that um, one rabbi would talk about burning the books that were written by Minim. Now, Minim is a, is a term used in Talmudic literature from the first, second, third centuries, and so on. Um, and it means a Jew who believes in something that is completely and totally antithetical to Judaism. Um, and it is somebody that in our prayers, um, maybe not, not in the Ashkenazi traditional literature, but, liter 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 but in the uh, Sephardi and in the Hasidic liturgy, um, we, we ask God to keep them away from us. We say, don't give any hope to these minim. Um, and the Talmud says, in fact, that first starts by saying that on Shabbat, we do not save those writings from a fire, even if they have God's name on them. Um, and then they go even further and say, not only that, but during a weekday, we have the ability to erase God's name. And actually what they do is they take a beautiful midrash um, from my bar mitzvah portion, the parsha of Naso, in which um, they write in a very, very disturbing ritual to, ask, to see if a woman had cheated on her husband. But what it says is that God wants God's name to be erased in order to bring peace between a man and a woman, and all the more so that we erase God's name to bring peace between God and the people of Israel. And this is all a justification to say that if God's name appears on something that is offensive to God, then yes, we rip it up. Now, what is obscene about all of this is not that they're correctly quoting a halakha, Jewish law, but that they see us. And let's be honest here. What are we doing that's so offensive? It's not whether or not we think that swordfish might be kosher or whether or not you can turn on lead lights on Shabbat. What they're finding so offensive is that we think that women are equal. 
we, men, women, people, non-binary, we believe that all people are equal and can equally be preparing before God at this space. And what they are so upset about is that a woman was near the Torah. And that's just horrible. That that's what they think is minute. That's what they find to be heresy, that we think that women too have a place in worshiping God. What? That to me is what makes this so disgraceful. And, you know, Ari, a lot of people have written about this incident, and we'll get to the resolutions um, that were passed from a number of Jewish organizations, but um, of the, the, the heartbreak that everyone felt reading this story, that this young boy who came from the United States, who chose to have his bar mitzvah in Israel at the Kotel in Jerusalem, who chose to do this very important and, and critical ceremony with the people of Israel in the land of Israel, in the Jewish state, and that this is what he was exposed to because we all love and know the beautiful Israel, the beauty that is in the state of Israel, the people, the warmth, the joy, the love, the acceptance that you're talking about. And this is a small minority. It is a very small minority. And it's good to keep that in mind. But unfortunately he was exposed to this despicable behavior and that is what was really so heartbreaking about it. Uh, but from what you said, and I wanna ask you just how was he impacted by the experience and did it have a negative impact on him or how, I mean, 13, as you said, that's really still a kid and that's a, a tough thing for anyone to experience, much less a child. You know, so I'm, um, it's a great question, uh, but of course, I don't think it's appropriate for me to speak on behalf of any 13 year old um, they can do that themselves. Perhaps their parents can. Um, there were there were in fact a number of of young men and women whose services were interrupted. The family of one of them has been very very vocal and how they feel like they were totally disgraced. Um, and this is not just you know your run of the mill Jew. This was a woman who was the head of her chapter of APAC who said we saw the ugliest of Israel. Um, another parent was there who is an Israeli citizen who grew up in Israel said my children saw the ugliest side of Israel. Um, but I can say at the same time that they had an experience. They learned early on, right, as a Zionist teenager in the United States. Um, the first time that I saw the ugliest side of Israel, it was in fact, I was just before my 13th birthday, my bar mitzvah year, Rabin was assassinated, right? I was exposed to this horrible thing. And I remember this feeling of Oh my God, how can a Jew do that to the prime minister? And, and that shook me to the core as I'm sure it did to everybody who experienced that. Now, these teenagers experienced hate. They didn't experience hooliganism and they didn't experience vandalism, they experienced hate. Uh, but they also experienced a lot of love. Um, the communities that I'm a part of in Mascaripatia, and I lead a community with a conservative synagogue and with a pluralistic uh, Jewish programming and with work with the National Council, the Orthodox and secular and everybody in between said, Ari, just how do we get to this family so that they can know that they are loved, they are not hated. People who would not normally go to my synagogue said, we will come to show you that even though we are not conservative Jews, nobody should be behaving this way. Ultra-Orthodox people wrote to me to say, I cannot believe those people claim themselves to be Haredim. That is not our way because we say, shalom. the Torah's paths are paths of pleasantness and every way is a way of peace. 
And again, thank you for distinguishing. We want to absolutely make clear that this is a minority of ultra-Orthodox young uh, boys in this case. So young women have also shown up, as you mentioned earlier, at the Women of the Wall to disrupt, um, but certainly does not reflect ultra-Orthodox Judaism in any way, shape, or form. Um, but, so that, But it, do, it does reflect bullying. And I think that the world over, the world has a problem with bullying and people who can be loud and people who can be in your face and people who can be obnoxious and if they can have power in numbers are bullies. And one of the things that we learn from this, of course, is that we must protect ourselves from bullies. We learn that we must hold accountable the people who send bullies. And we must learn, of course, to make sure that we're not bullying others. So you talk about those who are sending uh, the bullies and you mentioned earlier, this is an orchestrated thing. This is an organized um, this is organized behavior. Is there an address, they say in Israel, um, is there a, an organization, a body, somebody that can be held accountable, that can, that can be questioned about what happened? Um, there is an organization called Liba, which says that they were not explicitly responsible for what happened on that day, but they have in the past gone there to disrupt um, there are some yeshivas. There is, of course, a member of Knesset who has spoken very vocally against um, non-Orthodox Judaism and has made very clear what he thinks. Um, and now, do I know that he's orchestrating it? Absolutely not. Do I know which yeshivas are sending buses? No. Could they? Could anybody claim, well, it's Rosh Chodesh. We're just sending buses because we want our, our students to go to the holiest site in Judaism. Um, of course, the closest to the holiest site of Judaism, right beneath the Temple Mount. We, we want them to go there on Rosh Chodesh because that's a day that has holiness and we can drive. Right? They can say all those things and we can give the benefit of the doubt. Um, but something is amiss here. You know what we're not hearing? We heard amazing statements in English from the Jewish agency, from the Jewish, uh, from the National Federation, from the JFNA, from all these organizations. We're hearing... Um, these, these statements of support. Yair Lapid, the prime minister, has spoken in his support. Um, prime Minister Netanyahu, prime minister Netanyahu, uh, former Prime Minister Netanyahu, and I believe that he deserves the respect of being given that title, former Prime Minister Netanyahu could make a statement to say that Israel is a home for all Jews and people who care about Jews would not be behaving this way. And that might make a difference. That might galvanize the people who look at us and say, ah, that rabbi, he has an American accent. Oh, sure, I've lived in Israel for a long time. I've served in the military. I am about as Israeli as you can get because Israel is a country that is largely founded by immigrants. But yes, I was born in the United States. I am Sephardi. My grandmother made Aliyah from Turkey. My great-grandparents made Aliyah from Turkey. But yes, I appear to be an odd duck in the eyes of Israelis just because I have an accent. Now, if more Israeli leaders would get behind this and to say, this is not our behavior, it would make a big difference. People to say, we won't accept this, even if we're not interested in it for ourselves. And by the way, I think people would be. So many Orthodox people are, they don't like our site because they're pluralist. They like our site because the men can stand on the right and the women can stand on the left and the service can be completely Orthodox. And the mom is present because for some perverted reason at the Western Wall, when I was 13, I had my bar mitzvah, by the way, at the men's section of the Western Wall. And we did it next to the Mechitza and the Orthodox rabbi who did it was lovely. And my mom, who is short like me, stood on a chair and she saw everything and she was there. And while it was disappointing, especially in hindsight, that this woman who's such a force for my Jewish education was on a chair, she was there. Today, you can't even be there, right? A man can take a 
video so that the woman can see it from far away. So of course, our section is appealing because at least you can separate yourselves and still be present. We need more Israelis to say and condemn and say, whoever is sending this, we will not do this. The member, the head of the political party of which the alleged member who is opposing us is there could say to his alleged member and he could say, this is not our way. We are not going to promote you in the upcoming elections if you behave this way, because this is a desecration of God's name. Now, they're, not, they're saying lovely things to us in English. I want to hear in Hebrew to the entire people, we do not behave this way toward human beings. We are not bullies. We might not be pluralists. You know what? I once heard the definition of pluralism is you have the right to be wrong. Fine. Just give us a right to be wrong. If you can't admit that there's truth in our way, and that's too bad because I think there is there's truth in many ways, but if you can't, then just at least say to us, have your human dignity because you were created in God's image and say it in Hebrew to the people who need to hear it. Ari, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. And I hope, you know, there've been this resolution passed by the Jewish Agency Board of Governors. There have been statements. I join you in, in welcoming further statements on this issue, especially as we approach Tisha B'Av. And we talk about sinat chinam, that people hate for no reason. Uh, we need to really look at that and uh, embrace, as you said, from a position of love and acceptance. Ari, thank you so much. Thank you, Tisha. Have a great day. Ari Hasid is a Masorti, a conservative rabbi in Maskeret Batia. We thank him so much for joining us here on JBS. Well, as we mentioned, Jewish organizations here in the U.S. were very vocal about their condemnation of this hateful incident at the Western Wall, including the leaders of the Jewish Federations of North America, Karen Hayesod, the World Zionist Organization, and the Jewish Agency for Israel, all of whom issued a joint strongly worded letter to Israeli Prime Minister Yair Lapid demanding that the government take concrete actions to ensure that, quote, Jews of all streams feel at home, safe, and welcome at the Kotel and in Israel. And just days later, the Jewish agency at its Board of Governors event passed a resolution forcefully condemning the incident. Dan Elbaum is the Jewish Agency for Israel's head of North America and president and CEO of Jewish Agency International Development. And we are fortunate to have him here with us on JBS, speaking to us from Chicago. Dan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, it's a pleasure to be here. So I want to just first read a bit from the resolution. This was at the closing plenary, if I'm not mistaken, of the uh, Board of, Board of yes. Governors event, July the 12th. And uh, it reads in part as follows, that it unequivocally condemns the despicable disturbances of prayer and smachot, special occasions, at Ezrat Israel, the egalitarian section of the Western Wall, and expresses its profound distress at these repeated instances of sinat chinam, baseless hatred. What is the resolution asking the Israeli government to do? Uh, very clearly, the resolution calls for the Israeli government to do two things. First, to secure the Kotel and to protect all those choosing to pray there. And secondly, to work with the Israeli public to educate them about the different streams of Judaism to promote Jewish unity. Now, that's really an interesting thing because there is a, a 
multitude of, of streams of Jewish observance, of course, here in the United States, but in Israel as well for, for a very long time now. But clearly there's still, in your opinion, or as far as the Jewish agency sees, something lacking as far as recognizing how critical the acceptance is, or perhaps it's more about not realizing um, this, the, the damage of this kind of incident at the Kotel. What, what do you think? Yeah, look, I think there's few, if any, organizations that have worked harder on connecting Jews to Israel and to each other. And we need to do that work on both sides of the Atlantic. In the United States, we have critical work to do to teach Jews about Israel, to have them go to Israel, to bring more of Israel to them. And likewise, this is a two-way street. Um, I think you identified it. It's really an educational need for Israeli Jews to understand more, not only about American Jews, but Jews around the world. Too often when they hear about us, they hear about us because of acts of anti-Semitism, because of other types of uh, global events that are occurring. Uh, but for them to really start to understand not only the streams of Judaism, but what life is like to live in America, in France, and really around the world is a critically important part of Jewish education. And, you know, I was speaking to Rabbi Hasid about the specific incident and uh, the bar mitzvah he was officiating of this young boy, Erez, who had come to mark this important milestone, um, chose to come to Israel, chose to mark this celebration with his family in Israel. And this side of Israeli society that albeit is, is a minority, it is very small, it does not reflect at all uh, religious Judaism or any stream of Judaism. It is behavior by extremists. It was really so heartbreaking to see. And I think that's what the Jewish world responded to. Yeah, no question. Look, I, it made me sick to my stomach. Um, I took my daughter after her bat mitzvah to Israel. We went to the Kotel. Thankfully, we had a wonderful, spiritual, uh, incredible experience there. And it reinforced my children's love of Israel as I wanted it to. This, as you say, was a small group, a minority within a minority that took those actions. But that is why it was so important for the Jewish agency, for Israeli society, and eventually for the prime minister's office to speak out strongly and clearly that this doesn't represent us. This doesn't represent how we feel in building this unity among the Jewish people, especially at a time like this. It's just too important uh, to be silent. Absolutely. And I, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Prime Minister Lapid did come out very strongly and condemned this incident and said it is the right of every Jew to pray according to his belief system at the Kotel. How important is that? And how have your interactions been if they have started already with the Israeli government? Look, they're, they're hugely important. And let's be realistic and honest. The Prime Minister of Israel, no matter who sits in that office, has a ton of challenges in front of him or her, existential challenges uh, that face the country, threats every day that are occurring. So for him to take the time from his day to speak out on the issue and to reach out to at least one of the children who are impacted by this event, um, I think is incredibly important and sends an incredibly important message. Uh, we work very closely with many different branches of the Israeli government on all types of issues from Aliyah, the right of every Jew to move to Israel, to diaspora affairs of connecting Jews around the world. And universally, we know that it's important among those who hold high office in Israel I think our challenge and their challenge, our shared challenge, is to bring that word to your average Israelis who don't think about this all the time, who don't understand, even if they harbor no animosity toward us, who don't understand why this is so critically important and why it's really important to understand these things about each other. 
And I think one of the really tough parts of this whole thing, and, you know, um, Ambassador Deborah Lipstadt was in Israel at the time, and um, she said in any other country, this kind of behavior would be labeled anti-Semitism, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I, I would imagine the really difficult thing for the Jewish agency and for Jewish organizations here is to figure out how do you address this kind of behavior within the Jewish world? How do you right. deal no with this situation of, of, of divide inside the Jewish community itself? There are enough threats outside the Jewish world, right? But within, how do you begin to sort of tackle that? You know, it's, there, there's many different ways. And look, the resolution is a sheet of paper or an email that was sent out. But for me, the strength of that resolution was that it came from the full board of governors of the Jewish Agency for Israel. It passed unanimously, included not only Orthodox members of the board of governors, but Orthodox representatives representing various Orthodox groups, as well as various political parties, both of the right and of the left of, of Israeli government and Israeli society. So to have that unanimous statement that regardless of how one feels about other issues, for a Jew to treat a Jew in that type of way, to say nothing of the fact that it occurred at Judaism's holiest site is, is nothing less than despicable, deplorable. One runs out of adjectives to describe how heinous it is. I do think was profoundly important to have that statement there. And I was pleased to see the prime minister follow suit only a day or two later in issuing his own condemnation. And I think you really hit on the, the central thing is that unity across the Jewish spectrum on this issue. And we see, of course, you know, Within Judaism, there, there are arguments and differences of opinions and debates about so many issues, but that unity across the board from the different streams of Judaism to say, this is not acceptable, this is not okay, what do we do? Exactly. And look, it's not easy to have any people be unified. Uh, you and I can make our share of jokes about unifying the Jewish people and how those challenges occur, but history has shown and present events show that we are capable of doing that in a time of crisis, whether it's Ukrainian Jews, whether it's other issues that pose existential threats to Israel. And this, I don't want to say is the exact same thing as rescuing Jews from Ukraine. It certainly isn't. But it does rise to that level of requiring one voice for the Jewish people to speak out, that every Jew is responsible for each other, that we hold that responsibility of mutual respect, and for that voice to come from all streams of Judaism. Beautifully said, Dan. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us on this, on this issue. I hope that in the near future, you can come back and talk about perhaps steps that are being taken or progress being made um, in response to what happened at the Kotel. I would like nothing more, both to appear on, on this great show, but also to be able to report progress. So I, I will hope for both, certainly. Thank you, we will as well. Dan Elbaum is the head of the Jewish Agency for Israel in North America, and we thank him so much for his time here on JBS. And thank you as always to our director, Sloan Copeland, managing director, Dara Golub, transmissions manager, John McDevitt, technical manager, Michael Paley, and to our producer, Carol Lilienthal. And thank you for watching In the News. Thank you.